rising out of the deep. From the fourth floor to the fifth floor. From the meeting about the meeting to the meeting itself. It's Shit Godzilla. Uh, at first I thought you were saying he was rising from the depths like from but then you said four four to fifth four I was like well that's not going up <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> oh man well Alex welcome I guess we should welcome our listeners back to the Monsters versus Men podcast we're still str- trying our best <laughs> to stay alive here in the bargain bargain basement of podcasts I can barely say it anymore. Um, but I'm glad our podcast about podcast went good this time, Alex. But I'm going to yes. need permission from my supervisor before we can really start today. <laughs> Wait, hang on real quick. I got to CC a question. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was a waste of time. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so hang on, let me go oh, get oh, my oh. other uniform on, Alex, before I can start this podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> what? What is that? Oh, I've been informed that the show's canceled, Eric. <laughs> oh, dang, dang. It was that Final Wars episode. Final Wars episode, man. <laughs> oh, man. So if you haven't caught on, we are reviewing Shin Godzilla. <laughs> the ultimate Godzilla movie about bureaucracy and red tape. Yes. yes. And to, to be honest, Alex, this movie... Since we started the podcast, it's been a movie I've actually put on my calendar. Like, I've been excited to watch this movie. Yes. uh, Because I only heard really good things about it. And just the look of the cover intrigued me that red cover with the different, completely different Godzilla design. I was intrigued from the beginning. You said good things about it. I had almost watched it multiple times, but you (laughs) kind of be like, no, 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 save it, save it, save it. I was like, okay, I'm saving it. And so I watched it twice after some technical difficulties, watched it twice this week in preparation for the podcast. So I think we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, are you glad you waited? I think it, I think it was worth it. Yeah, I think I needed to <laughs> wait uh, to get to this point, you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you start us off with our film introduction? Yeah, sure. After his successful Evangelion series, Hideaki Anno, takes the helm of the Godzilla franchise to completely reboot the franchise for the 21st century. From the Godzilla design to the camera work, most elements of the story feel fresh but familiar. The story, however, focuses on Japan's political underbelly and the red tape involved to make decisions. Last week, I called it the best movie about red tape you will ever see. But I'm curious, Eric, does Godzilla of the Shin feel like a win? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in short, Alex, I 100% think this Godzilla of the Shin is a win, but it does have a couple of splints, all right? Uh, Now, I don't want to focus too much on my complaints right now. Uh, I I prefer to focus on the many positives. First of all, and I don't think this is a hot take, but this is the most like the original Gojira of any other Godzilla film we've seen, period. Mm -hmm. Right from the title reveal, right? The title reveal reveals the film's intentions. This is going to be 
Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it takes those ideas and that tone behind the original and it revamps them completely for the modern day. I appreciate, you know, it doesn't confine Godzilla to this analogous allegory where Godzilla equals fill in the blank, right? <laughs> Nuclear, blah, 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 right? Right. Uh, it's like the original in that sense. It leaves it open to many interpretations. Um, but what about you, Alex? Why were you so high on this film? Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I'm right there with you. I think this is the freshest take on Godzilla we've seen, maybe even more than the original, which is probably the hottest take you'll hear on this episode. <laughs> but, but it's kind of unsurprising from Hideaki Anno, which if you've seen his mm-hmm. previous work, Evangelion, it's, yes. it's pretty expected that he would be able to turn things and twist them in very surprising ways, which I think this film does through and through. I think the divergence from previous Godzilla films, it starts pretty much with how we see Godzilla from Mm -hmm. the get-go. Well, we don't see him from the get-go. We see the blood. But really, it's the introduction of the monster, probably like 10, 15 minutes into the film, that we later realize is Godzilla. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Like, when we first see the monster, we just see the blood in the water, which really sets this unease. That is different from the other films. Like it's clearly blood, but you see the politicians and them trying to explain that maybe it's an undersea volcano and this type of thing. But you're just sitting there going, "Nah." (laughs) (laughs) Nah. (laughs) (laughs) And so before we even see the actual monster, it's creepy. And then Anno slowly reveals what is like this weird gelatinous like creature at first. Uh, but we don't see its face yet. It's buried underwater beneath all the steam. We can't really make out the whole thing, but it just it moves like it's almost made of jello. And then when we finally mm. we finally get that view of the monster, and it has those fish like eyes and that gaping mouth with like it looks like blood inside of it, and it's got that I don't even know what it's called, but it someone's gonna someone's gonna comment to us after this episode, but. We see the T Rex has it in uh, <laughs> in Jurassic Park that that uh-huh. red fin like thing on the side of its mouth like the flaps, and it's just yeah. unsettling. And then it just it keeps moving and it's wiggling, and then this red blood gushes out of its big swinging uh, <laughs> throat, and, <laughs> and then it just kind of gets more terrifying as it moves along. If it goes on to evolve, like on the spot, I would not expected before watching this movie to see Godzilla evolve at that kind of speed. Mm. It's really unsettling. And it's our first realization really that this is the Godzilla. <laughs> like, like it finally, mm-hmm. it starts to resemble the monster that we know. And it just yes. stands there, especially. And there's that moment where the choppers are sent out to lay waste to this thing. And mm-hmm. there's that moment where they've all got it lined up for the shot, and it just stands there and stares at them. And you have this moment of like, is this thing really dumb? Or mm. is it taking in everything it's looking at? And you quickly learn yeah. later that this is this thing is learning. And mm-hmm. just not at an intelligence level, but like at a DNA and mutational level too. Mm. And did, yeah. we, did you did you like that part of the movie? Oh, yeah. No, totally. I think that Form 2 monster, I think, is what it is, right? Because, like, the first form is, you know, underwater. Form 2, here, it starts to crawl uh, onto, you know, 
the scene. And it reminds me, it's like my favorite version of Godzilla Saurus. <laughs> it's so primal and out of control. Yeah. It has no real motive except to move around, but that only makes it scarier. Right. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of actually the form three, I think it's called, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it stands up, uh, even though I love what the music does right there, it, it has that under um, developed Godzilla theme, which I love. But the Form Four is just so different and cool. Yeah, you've got the red glow, that small, almost squished face, the oversized tail, um, and then in addition to this the awesome design, the music used in coordination with Godzilla is just astonishing, in my opinion. We get the Ifukube classics, including my favorite, one of my favorite surprises in the film, which was the battle in outer space theme, mm-hmm. Alex, which, you know, this is the one I like to think of it as like the human resistance theme when, <laughs> when they release the train bombs for the first time yes. at the film's in, you know, it. we get that. And I was like, I asked Neely, I was, I was like, um, is this, does this feel a little bit, um, inappropriate for the context? Am I just loving this because of my nostalgia, you know? Right. Uh, but she said, no, I, I, she actually thought it actually fit well, uh, considering that they were going to take down Godzilla. But I thought that was amazing. I also think the nighttime music when with Godzilla's main attack, um, Shiro Segusu's, I, I believe is the composer here. Yeah. His defeat is no option. And, who will know both of those those themes? I, I had to look them up because I was like, I want to listen to these. They both feature those operatic voices oh. that intensify the harrowing tone of Godzilla's destruction, particularly that atomic breath theme, which is just my standout effect <laughs> in the entire series so far. Oh, I man. love that scene. Um, so considering we get Ifukube's greatest hits and we get these new favorites from Sugisu, this may be my favorite soundtrack of the series. And I didn't even mention Persecution of the Masses, uh, which is another great track that I absolutely loved. But I think I've gushed enough, Alex. What were some other elements that stood out to you? And do you actually have any critiques of this film? Yeah, so I'm going to have to go off on the other elements that probably stood out to me. You know, you mentioned that nighttime scene. And that really is like mm. the real... We first see the giant Godzilla, the final, not really the final form, but we're going to call him final form for the sake of (laughs) semantics. Yeah. Uh, But the final form of Godzilla, when he emerges from the ocean and he is gigantic, (laughs) he evolved a lot overnight and it feels terrifying (laughs) when he's walking during the land because he's so stilted. He has almost no movement, but. It's like this giant monolith slowly crawling across Japan, and it's ho- <laughs> it's terrifying. I like that he doesn't move, and that that nighttime scene where he lays Tokyo lays waste to Tokyo in seconds, <laughs> seconds. Mm-hmm. He just completely destroys the whole thing. It's like this amazing moment of raw power that showcases all of his abilities while also showing this severe limitation that he actually has when he uses these abilities and they use that one limitation to defeat him at the end of the movie. I think, I think like all of these setups are awesome. And that whole nighttime scene is just very Evangelion. I felt it when, <laughs> when it was happening, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. But aside from the music that you mentioned, which is 
just phenomenal. And unsurprisingly, again, Anno is really good about using music in its works. I think the biggest thing is the constant boardroom scenes that we are bombarded with. And it's done so, you know, boardroom scenes sound boring when you tell somebody, hey, this boardroom scene's really good. Like, <laughs> I think anyone's going to roll their eyes, right? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but it's done in such rapid fire, sometimes even comedic and boring pace that it really mm-hmm. somehow brings a sense of urgency and life to the proceedings while also showing that with all these meetings, there isn't really any sort of urgency when you have this many meetings, right? The formalities and traditions that are consistently getting in the way of even basic, easy decisions is clearly Anno saying that the old ways need to die. And that decision-making, yeah. especially in Japan, and I think this is probably true for just about any government, should be streamlined, essentially cut the fat of the government. And I especially like that he he pushes his politics like that in such a boisterous fashion. Like, I really feel like he really has something to say, especially in the wake of uh, the Fukushima reactor. And I really mm. like the press conference moments that really illustrate the government's ineptitude at just handling any sort of public-facing communication, like this complete disassociation with the public that it serves. Man, Alex, did this this government remind you of anything at the moment? Hmm. No, I don't think any. No. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, I think all governments around the world handle their public perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you bring up a good point that this is, it's it's a timeless message. Honestly, Mm -hmm. there's never going to be a time where the government is really effectively handling the public. It's just not going to happen. I just, I don't Mm -hmm. see a world where, where it's going to happen. So I think this has an evergreen message really. But if I had Mm -hmm. any real critiques, and I'm really probably digging into semantics. I would I would say that it goes back to a feeling I had during my first viewing and my second viewing, which was before this episode. My first viewing of the film I saw when it actually came out in theaters back in 2016. And it's the extensive boardroom scenes that we are bombarded with from beginning to end with the film. I started to feel really frustrated with what I was watching. Uh, it's not that I was... Not that I hated the scenes, but I was getting frustrated. But that frustration is exactly what Yaguchi feels when he's going through all of this. And so I don't know if that's really a valid critique because I'm feeling exactly what they want me to feel, (laughs) that character, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. But I get why some people would maybe hate these scenes. But then again, Uh there's also the anticlimactic finale. It's building up. it's, It's going all out. And then, just like the original Gojira, not that that one had build-up, really, but just like the original Gojira, it has an anticlimactic ending that just, in a snap, it's over. But I think it just needed a few seconds of movement, a little, a few extra seconds of movement from Godzilla before he just suddenly froze, and it would have yeah. been pretty much perfect. But I just think he stands up and suddenly freezes, and then it's just over. And it's it's not a bad thing, because I like the payoff, is that is that all all the people we see we see the complete opposite ending to Godzilla 98 where it ends yes. and not a single person is celebrating I noticed that too I loved it yeah <laughs> you had those scenes where they could be celebrating but they don't celebrate yeah right? i mean they had every but, right so it's to. like see i i think that actually makes complete sense you know that they were so sullen like i guess it is anticlimactic if you think 
uh, there should be some celebration. Right. And it reminds me of Godzilla Raids Again, actually, uh, but with a more modern twist where they freeze Godzilla. Here, they're incorporating all avenues of public service, right? Basically, yes. to come together to form this solution. So I absolutely loved that ending. So I'm, I'm interested or I'm interested that you think it's a little anticlimactic. I guess he Godzilla could do a bit more there. Um, Not much. I just, I, I just wanted a little, maybe even a slower freeze because it's like yeah. he moves and he barely steps. And it's just, I think there's even an audible effect of like a tick. There is. <laughs> and yeah. he's frozen, it's like, which it is, is. Which is cool, but it's also like I would like just a little slower of a freeze. Not even like he's getting ready to breathe on them and then he freezes or anything like that. Nothing quite mm. so tropey like that, but just yeah. a little bit more movement as he slowly freezes. And I, I, I would have been I perfectly can, I happy. Can see that. But I, I like I'm, that they don't celebrate. I wasn't saying that I wanted them to. <laughs> right. I got you. I'm guessing that part with the freeze is just there's something to do with the science that I didn't understand. Uh, that made it freeze like all at one second. You know, like <laughs> it had to reach a certain level. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. But I mean, one thing I wanted to talk about uh, was the characters. Almost all the characters here work for me, especially watching a second time through. I think one criticism of the movie could be that there are too many characters. <laughs> I mean, there are a ton of characters. And I think that's actually part of the point, right? Oh, yeah. It's like you have all these players and you have to think, what is this person's actual purpose? Like the uh, environment chair literally had no purpose. <laughs> uh, he didn't agree with the expert. Was, there's just no point for lots of these characters. Um, but I also just don't think we get really developed characters outside of maybe two or three, even though we do spend time with several others. The character that I really don't buy is Kyoko Ann Patterson. Mm -hmm. um, maybe this is my American lens coming through, but I don't buy that she could be the close daughter of an American senator and have that accent. Mm hmm. Her English, in my opinion, it's just it's just not very good. And and I'm not trying to be critical of her, you know, and her English necessarily. Right. But if you're gonna make her out to be an American, you know, and someone that believes that they're going to be the president in their forties, they're gonna have to have pretty flawless English. <laughs> I mean, that's a criticism right. of Americans, right? Americans aren't gonna vote for someone that doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and she doesn't. Like, it's just some of her inflections are weird um, and oh, wrong. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. Her spirit in the film is great. She's an actual force beyond just a pretty face, you know? Like, right. at first, you're like, oh, who's this person that's just coming in, riding the coattails of her father? But she's actually a powerful force um, and does a lot to help this nerd squad, <laughs> uh, you know, introducing Goro Mackey's uh, methods and theories into the nerd squad for them to figure it out. I think the <laughs> acting overall there let me down. And just a few other nit nitpicks. I think the third quarter, you talked about the pacing, Alex, or, yeah. or the, the boardroom scenes. I think the third quarter pacing drags a little bit. And this is where we really get the exploration of the science aspect of Godzilla, which I, I imagine it's probably pretty fascinating to someone a little smarter than me <laughs> in science, <laughs> but I, it just, lots of it went over my head, to be honest. And I'm like, I, 
this isn't working for me. Uh, hmm. um, so I can yeah. understand it could work for some people, but it didn't quite work for me. I also think, uh, and this is really my last critique, I think there isn't the emotional impact in this film that we got in Gojira or even in GMK. We needed a few more down-to-earth human elements to ground these events in the common man and not just the elites that we keep seeing. Gojira, even though it focused on professors, scientists, politicians, it was still grounded by humans facing a disaster. We had those moments. Now, in Shin Godzilla, there is that moment at the end of the film where we see humans like in the shelter coming together to pull themselves out of this disaster, but it's fleeting and it's not there throughout. Um, do these any of these criticisms ring true for you, Alex, or am I just being a little elitist myself? Well, I don't know if you're being elitist, but I, I would probably come down on a little bit of the opposite side from you. Like, well, yes, clearly her English is bad, without a doubt, and doesn't sell. <clears throat> no one that isn't a born in America would probably have that accent. I can't imagine. But <laughs> this is a Japanese film with native Japanese actors. So I don't actually expect any that. of them to have actually good English. And I'm sure that. like, you know, you know, I'm sure like people in American films whenever we speak another language, I'm sure it's probably grating on the ears of anyone that speaks 100%. that language natively. A hundred percent. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset about it. Like none of the other English accents really bothered me. Yeah. But hers did because of her connections. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, because <laughs> she was like, it, it was just a small thing. I understand. But, and I'm not really faulting her. It's just, it's a small thing. Right. And as, as native English speakers, there's no way we wouldn't at least be taken out of the movie briefly to notice how bad her English is because it is, it's yeah. like, Oh wow, this is really bad. And you're supposed to be a like president in your forties. Like you said, <laughs> so, <Yeah>. but <laughs> I, it was pretty easy for me to give it a pass knowing that this mm-hmm. is, these are all native Japanese actors and all, I, I gave it a pass, but you're right. It mm-hmm. does. It is a detraction from the movie because it, if anything takes you out of the movie, even if it is easily explained, it is a, it is a mark against it. Right. And, I, but I personally enjoyed the science stuff and I like seeing the team come together more and more L- literally in the looming face of the threat as Godzilla's like immobile body just sits there behind them <laughs> in the distance, yeah. it, it, that's, which is a pretty, I like that it. It's like this ticking time bomb just sitting behind them. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think we could have seen a little more of the everyday people because we see them uh, evacuating before Godzilla mm-hmm. takes his final form. But we, I, I wish we could have seen. It's a running theme of our show now. I could have seen more people die. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was pretty content with what we did get, especially when the elites and the factory workers and the delivery drivers they all come mm-hmm. together in that final battle against mm-hmm. Godzilla as a complete unit. It felt like mm-hmm. Japan as a whole was fighting against Godzilla at the end, which really works for me. And I really like that Yaguchi puts the only human plan I think that we've seen into action that is 100% effective against Godzilla. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's And it's an excellent moment to see every facet of the country working together to defeat Godzilla in a perfect plan. It's really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
For sure. No, you're right. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Alex, and I was just thinking about this as you're talking about your Gucci here. Um, you said that you think that, you know, maybe Anno is, is saying, you know, government is just doesn't work at all. Uh, well, like, not, yeah. here's my here's my criticism of government, just broad strokes here. Right. I, I think it's actually a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, oh, in the messaging here. I don't think we really get those easy answers. So Yaguchi, as you mentioned, I don't think he serves or I don't think he deserves unanimous praise. Um, he owns his own responsibility, um, but the film acknowledges his privilege um, as well. He's, you know, he's another son of a politician. I only caught that the second time I watched it, but he's the son of a politician, just like Patterson is the daughter of an American politician. Mm-hmm. And he sometimes is too smug and naive. His initial response and his initial speech to his nerd squad is what I've called him for some reason. here. <laughs> but his initial speech to his nerd squad after the big disaster <laughs> about midway through the movie, it falls flat. Like it's supposed to be this kind of motivational uh, speech, but it actually feels a little bit hollow in the face of the hmm. disaster. Like wasn't the right moment for him to be using that sort of spirit, you know? Huh. Um, and it's, it's easy to cr- critique the likes of the prime minister <laughs> who I just thought was hilarious, but <laughs> he's, he's not left without humanity right. or without strength. And the overall political system, though it's reliant on this convoluted internal system that also depends on external approval, it's actually juxtaposed with the brute force of the United States, mm-hmm. of the United States, which is painted as the country that does whatever it wants, when it wants. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what Japan wants either. Uh, and I don't think that's what Ano is saying Japan wants either. So just because we get this biting critique of the bureaucracy, I don't think it necessarily means bureaucracy is all for naught. Right. The movie doesn't spare any criticism of the elite, even the biology uh, scientists <laughs> and professors, they get taken down. And yet at the same time, once again, complicating things, its main heroes essentially are all elites. So it's like, there's no easy answer here right. uh, to the messaging. And it's really, it's a thoughtful critique, but one that makes you actually think. Yes. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a rare sight. <laughs> which you which you wouldn't think with something that started out with Gojira. It's kind of nice to see something with this much depth. Absolutely. You know who I wonder probably didn't see the depth, but is probably <laughs> interested in the monsters, Alex? Who? It's the theometer. Ometer. 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 Welcome back to the Theometer this week. Welcome back to the Theometer this week. This week... Theo, we are looking at Shin Godzilla. Now, we just saw a clip of the first Godzilla coming to shore. What did you think about that? What did that look like to you? That looked like a wizard. It looked like a lizard? Uh, I was 60 million, 200 spines on him. Yes. How did it move? What did it move like? Uh, it moved like uh, random. I don't know. Yeah, like you talked about, what did his head look like? His head looks like... A bobblehead. A bobblehead, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. And he came up and he destroyed that building. That's yeah. pretty crazy. He smacked his whole body and destroyed that building. Now, we just saw big Shin Godzilla here. How scary do you think that Shin Godzilla was? Uh, like, it was like, it was like 100 and 
No, it was eight. Eight? Scary. All right. Uh-huh, because my fifth number is eight. Get it? Yeah, cause I got it. Okay. So one more clip I want to watch you. I want you to watch. Take a look. Okay. All right. Dark breath. Dark breath is coming out. What do you think is going to happen next? Fire breath. Fire breath. I know it's called atomic breath, but... Atomic so, breath? Yeah, sometimes I forget it. That's okay. Watch what happens here. Showing the light of doom. The light of doom? That's yeah. a good way to describe the atomic breath transformed into that purple ray. That was great. Yeah. So you think this Godzilla is scarier than normal Godzilla or less scary? Mm. More scary or less scary? Really cool. Really cool. Great. Thanks for answering all my questions today, Theo. This has been another... Femonder this week. See you next time. All right. Welcome back. Let's get into our awards, Alex. Um, the coolest character award. Why don't you start first? Yeah, I had to give it to my man, Yaguchi. He, <laughs> he's, he, he has to be mine. He is a politician who doesn't like the current state of politics. But he still plays the game, and he just wants to get things done. And his impatience clearly rubs people the wrong way at the beginning of the film. But it also turns out that he's on to something. And he has a backbone to do what he feels is needed to be done, which we don't really see from the Prime Minister. I mean, at the beginning of the film, he's got Godzilla lined up in his sights to take it out. This behemoth of a monster that hasn't even became the behemoth that it does become. But there's two bystanders, and the leader has to make, and he has to make a decision. And he makes a decision to, because of two bystanders, he doesn't make the hard decision to take out this monster that has potential to kill way more than two people. And so he's unwilling to make the hard decision, but... Yuguchi is never afraid of the hard decision. When he thinks mm-hmm. that uh, Godzilla Prime or the fourth form of Godzilla is laying wait when he's just making Tokyo uninhabitable uh, because of his radiation, he makes a choice mm-hmm. to keep going. We've got to destroy this thing or it's going to destroy Japan. Mm-hmm. And I like that he's willing to do that. And he even sacrifices lives in his final plan to get rid of Godzilla. And he, he makes a hard call. Is it right or wrong? It's probably right because <laughs> impending nuclear devastation was the only other option. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, that's why I like Yaguchi. Yeah. Oh, Yaguchi is definitely the most developed character. I think he's very nuanced in his performance. I'll talk about that in a second. But honestly, in, in a film full of politicians and nerds, it's difficult for me to choose the coolest character, Alex, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Ogashira. Um, she's the, quote, low-ranking, unquote, biologist girl who is right about Godzilla from the beginning. You know, she's yes. right about him coming on shore. She's r- right about him uh, being this nuclear uh, radiator, basically. React, yeah. Um, she, she isn't believed throughout, but slowly she garners respect. But I just love how straightforward she is, even telling Yaguchi, her boss, at that one point, yeah, you need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do I do like that. And I like that that's who Yaguchi brings on. So my guy, yeah, my coolest cool. character is the reason yours even is there. Well, I did like that. <laughs> I, 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 that was kind of the thing that will stick with me is, you know, he's like 
I just want people that are going to shoot straight that aren't trying to suck up to people. They're just going to say anything that's true to whoever is there. Yes. You know? And I'm actually so, going to talk about that a little bit in a little yeah, bit. I loved it. Next most memorable line award. I'm going to go with, well, I just love the awe of, of Godzilla that we see in this film. It certainly uh-huh. leans more into the English translation of Gojira Godzilla. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Gucci says Godzilla is a, quote, perfect organism surpassing man, unquote. I just love that line because it's this it's a raw admiration that and almost a fear that Gucci has towards this creature um, that really leans into Godzilla's name. And so that was my most memorable line. What about you? Yeah, my, mine has to be the prime minister's line after he meets with the biologist and he just says what a waste of time that was <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're in 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 the moment that he says that you've already been probably in eight minutes of boardroom meetings and you're thinking probably the same thing <laughs> oh, <laughs> about yeah. all of it yeah it's such a waste yeah those <laughs> biologists were just even more of a waste of time it was bad <laughs> yeah yeah what about your uh can't believe that acting award Mine's got to be uh, Hiromi Agashira, who is the, that's the that's the name of the person that becomes the prime minister. He's the head uh-huh. of the Ministry of the Environment, <laughs> and he's like this sullen, apathetic, just guy who is thrust into a position that he clearly doesn't want to be in. <laughs> uh-huh. And but the, the funny thing is, is he's actually like he gets pushed into it, but he makes mm-hmm. the decisions that the other prime minister wouldn't. And it, it ends up helping them save the day. I mean, not that he wasn't forced yeah. into it pretty much. <laughs> he's he's able to humble himself, you know, because yes. he's the one that reaches out to France, you know. Yeah, uh, you're to right. Get them to delay the U.S. strike. So he humbles himself. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. He didn't want to be there, but he made some decisions that actually saved the day. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh so I'm going to go with a pretty standard, obvious one here. Despite a number of good performances, I'm going with Hiroki Hasegawa as Yaguchi. My favorite acting moment of his is when he's still processing the deaths of the prime minister in the cabinet, and he yells in anger at one of his subordinates, don't go in pieces, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but he's really the one that's kind of falling into pieces. He gets called out on it. But yes. you just see a wide range of emotion from the stoic character. Um, yeah, he was really cool throughout. But I love those uh, little cracks in his uh, mask. Yes. You know, that we just got to see a little bit of him internally in those small moments that the mm-hmm. actor really brought to life. So I thought that was a great performance. Yeah, yeah, it was. What about your uh, standout effect award? So it has to come. From the Godzilla, I think it's Form 4 attack. It's the atomic breath. <laughs> I mean, I tried to to pick one moment from that scene, but I couldn't. It was just the entire concept of atomic breath this time was terrifying. <laughs> you know, it was this process <laughs> yes. to get to its full power where, you know, you had the, the smoke, the fire, and then the atomic breath. And the sound design right there it's awesome. was really... So cool when it reaches that high pitched <laughs> whistle. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. This is 
the coolest monster scene I think I've ever seen. Yeah, so. and the the way his eyes flick over when he switches oh, over man, to fire. when the fire comes. Oh, that's so good, yeah. dude. Oh, we didn't we didn't talk about it, but what did you think about when he shot it out of his out of his spikes? When it turns out he yeah. just he has, <laughs> he has amazing. A, he has a radar yeah, was, essentially, and he's able to take out jets. <laughs> And then the tail at the end, I am totally okay with these new abilities, right? Like, yes, this is, it's just Godzilla, you know, like it's Godzilla 2.0 in a sense. And so I, I loved it. I loved all of that uh, atomic breath action. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. But I actually, you know, I probably would have picked that if you hadn't picked it, but there mm-hmm. is another effect that. I, I think about a lot actually when I'm think when I think about this film, I think about Godzilla's. I guess it's his second form when he's walking down the street and he's just mm-hmm. <laughs> he's shaking when he first makes landfall and he's just kind of jiggling like jelly, <laughs> and but he's slowly accumulating debris as he pushes and all these cars and parts of buildings is just all bouncing around on him. And for something that is completely CG, it looks really good. It looks really yeah. good. And it, it's yeah. just horrifying. <laughs> the unblinking eye that this Godzilla has the whole time is just, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really impressive design choice. The CG overall was impressive. <laughs> there were a couple moments where I was like, ah, uh, yeah, I can notice that CG right there. Yes. But overall, I was really impressed with how they made it work. It was really well done yeah did this did this sell you because this is besides 98 this is the first godzilla movie to really use cg like this so does this sell you on a not suit godzilla uh, yeah i mean there were a couple moments where i noticed it was cg but i think because of the redesign and the movements like they were smart about it like not only are those movements you know terrifying how it's just like the slow moving Mm mm-hmm uh, creature they were also smart about it too i think that worked with the cgi really well um the moments that counted like the atomic breath moments they went all in yes. <laughs> those moments were they looked so great uh so i was i was sold definitely what about uh your oh that's a good shot of Warren? uh mine's got to be when godzilla's being bombarded during that daytime attack on his fourth form and mm-hmm. he's just walking, nothing's phasing him. And then they finally like just unload every single military weapon they have on him. I think I think it's jets that drop this on the drop the missiles on his face. And mm-hmm. it's it, his face is completely obscured by smoke. And then you just slowly see him walk out of the smoke and he's just completely unfazed. And you see those little tiny beady fish eyes and it wouldn't work work nearly that well because we've seen something similar to this in a lot of different things. But it wouldn't work nearly as well if that design of his face wasn't so perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> what about, what really about you? Well, there are several to choose from here. Like, seriously, it, it, was, it was a hard choice. My first thought was a shot of Godzilla at night. It was that long shot where... We get him glowing red. There's smoke in the background, and he just directly faces the camera. And we've got one of those. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which score it was or which song it was, but it's just it was so cool. It reminded me of Evangelion again. <laughs> um, but 
I'm going to stick with most of my awards here have focused on Yaguchi, so I'm sticking with that theme. And I'm going with that shot at the end where Yaguchi, he's leaning up against the rail on that building. Mm -hmm. You see the frozen Godzilla in the background. It's just so well framed and it tells a story in itself once you've seen the movie. It's really cool. I think I've seen that shot before and I'm like, like I think I, I probably saw it on Twitter and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like it's like an actor posing with, you know, Godzilla in the background, like kind of humorously, you know? But yeah. it was actually no, like there's Godzilla in the background. It's frozen and there's the character that took him down. Yes. <laughs> it was really cool. Really cool. <laughs> it is cool. It is cool. And Alex, I had a bonus award this Ooh. week. All, All right. right. It's the most ridiculous bureaucrat moment award. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have a runner up and then I've got probably my favorite one. My runner up was whenever they're in one of the conferences at the beginning and this guy is given a briefing and oh. then he's given an updated briefing <laughs> and then he talks for like 30 seconds and then we literally get an inner title that says briefing abbreviated <laughs> for getting like another 30 seconds of just him reading everything that everybody else is reading. You know, like yes. they all needed this guy to read, read them what they had in front of them. How many? I have been in so many meetings like that. I hate it. <laughs> like this is just the system that I hate. Yes, right. But yeah, it's so pointless. But my my favorite mo- bureaucrat moment was it was a very uh, political moment, and it was I only caught it really the second time. It was within the first thirty minutes of the film where the prime minister, you know, he's in a suit, but to go to his press conference, he asked for his uniform. It's it's just a small detail, mm-hmm. but I think to me, like including those small details in there, it just shows how appearances and showmanship, they're just as important to these people as problem solving and solutions, mm-hmm. maybe even more so, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just, just, every moment in that first 30 minutes was purposeful and how pointless it made, it made things feel, yes. you know? So I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, those are both moments I very <laughs> I remember very well. Uh, yeah. But mine actually ties back to my favorite line, and it's it's when he's meeting with those biologists, right. and he's meeting with these three experts in biology, <laughs> and <laughs> he's talking to them, and they all had these answers like, "I need to see it." or I need to get samples, or all these things, because none of them are willing to give any substantial guess, because they're more worried about, A, their credibility, and B, the ramifications of being wrong. Yeah. And so they're they're more involved in their reputation than solving the problem at hand. And that's when you see Yaguchi really just, he just grabs someone that thinks they know something, and they at least give them something to give them a direction in which they very, very quickly ignore. <laughs> they ignore it. Yeah, that was my coolest character, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They ignore it. Oh, no, this thing won't go on land immediately. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's on land. <laughs> yeah, in, in the conference. That's yeah. so good. Yeah, and so he leaves that, that, those biologists with that line, well, that was pointless, or what a yeah. waste of time that was, just to go meet with a new biologist who is more on point and <laughs> completely and ignore. ignores. Yeah. Yeah. Another this is this is my last point here, Alex, before we do our our rating. But 
There was one moment where I kind of laughed out loud <laughs> while watching it. I can't remember who who said it, but it was like, this is going to make the, the prime minister pause. And then we get the edit right to the prime minister's face and he's pausing. You yeah. know? It was just such a clever edit. Uh, it was such an awkward looking shot. I loved it. It made me laugh. <laughs> it is good. Eric, I did want to ask you one thing we didn't talk about, yeah. which I can't believe we didn't. Because it's one of the, uh-huh. it's somehow one of the more interesting things about the like, more haunting things of the movie. And it's the very last shot of the film. When, it, yeah. when the, the camera slowly pans up and reveals these small creatures that are evolving out of Godzilla's tail when it was frozen. Mm, mm-hmm. what, what did you think? I honestly didn't know what to make of it. Uh, so the first time I watched it, I thought it was like potentially victims, ah. <laughs> which is weird. But like, I like is are those victims that are like uh, mutated uh, because of a nuclear blast or something like that. Ah. Uh, but then I was like, oh, no, these are like, Godzilla's or like some sort of creature that is coming out of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a whole other level of horrifying. (laughs) Um, And then I looked online and I was like, Oh, there's a bunch of different theories for this. Uh, But then I saw on Twitter, someone posted a picture of that tail with a bunch of manilas coming out of it. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was, it was hilarious. You sent that to me and then literally I got on Twitter and it was there. <laughs> oh, so good. But uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was really cool and I didn't catch it the first time I saw the movie, but when it, I was watching it the second time, they actually mentioned that Godzilla will either evolve into mm-hmm. something a bunch of smaller organisms or it'll evolve yeah. into something with wings capable yeah. of travel. And I was like, Oh, yeah. that's interesting that it's actually following a path that they, that they're setting on. And I also like that while he's being defeated by these little humans, he's trying to turn into them mm. because he think he, he's, he's found that they're more advanced. You know, I think the Manila theory <laughs> has credibility because yeah. let's just say, Goromaki, Alex. Yes. Goromaki. Yes. I, I do I do want to say one interesting theory I saw, which yeah. actually kind of makes sense, is either that Goromaki is Godzilla, because he kills himself at the exact spot that Godzilla resurfaces. So either he brought the, he brought him there, or it's possible that he even merged with him. Because if you see Godzilla's tail numerous times mm-hmm. throughout the film, it actually has teeth and a face. Mm. Like, like mm-hmm. it's trying to become another Godzilla almost. But the teeth are more human-like. Mm-hmm. So, so I saw interesting theories about that. Very, very... I like I like when movies give me this. Something to look <laughs> into and, like, <laughs> be conspiratorial yeah. about. <laughs> no, it's... I love that ending shot. It was definitely unsettling, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's get into our rating and rankings. Um, so... I've already said a lot about this film already. I don't want to be too repetitive here, but in short, here's my thoughts. Shin Godzilla echoes the past while feeling completely fresh. It stakes its claim as a worthy successor for the modern day from the start, and it doesn't relent until the end. Those looking for a simple meaning in this film, you're not going to have such luck. It examines Japan's political bureaucracy from all angles, sparing no one. Um, My few criticisms revolve around a few of the characters, as I've mentioned, and that lack of emotional element that I wanted at some point. 
But beyond that, the effects are some of the best we've seen. The soundtrack is probably my absolute favorite. I had such a hard time rating this and ranking it because I objectively think it's a better film than GMK. But my heart lies a little bit with GMK. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with... I, I think I think this is a... I, I'm going to go with four and a half stars out of five oh. on this one. Uh, making it, but it still rates below Gojira. This is my number two film uh, on my entire Godzilla list so far. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. Okay. Good, Eric. Good, good, good. Yeah. So I, honestly, like we've been talking about this film and I feel like we're still just scratching the surface. <laughs> I feel sure. like you and me could talk about this for a long time. Uh, but I like that the film com- feels, like you said, c- completely new, but still completely Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And it is the first film since the original to give me any sort of horror movie vibes the whole way through. And to that extent, I think it actually does the horror element better than the original. And I think the thing feels evil, even though it isn't outright evil, like GMK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, Anno made superfluous boardroom meetings interesting, boring, tense, and funny all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> all while having Godzilla be this sometimes literally looming presence in the background. Yeah. And his commentary on the entire film feels relatable. His characters make sense. His monster is unsettling. I mean, this movie checks all the boxes for me. And I got to give it a five out of five. And I'm nice. still debating on the inside whether this is better than Gojira or not. But I'm really leaning to put this at my number one. There you go. I, I mean, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? I liked Final Wars last week so much. I like this. <laughs> yeah, this is the or two weeks ago. of Final Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Eric. I don't know. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right, Alex. So what are we watching next week? And did you create a rhyme for it? I did. So our next God, our, our next Godzilla movie, I guess we, we should go over our schedule again. Uh, we, we're going to stick to the anime trilogy. We're going to do all three of those together. And the first of those is Godzilla Planet of the Monsters. And I did make a rhyme for that one, Eric. All right, what you got? <laughs> when Godzilla becomes an anime, does it taste like lemonade? A little sour or a little sweet? Or will we just hope to be crushed by Godzilla's feet? <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely outdid me this time, Alex. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, considering I was waiting on you to start this podcast for you to come up with a rhyme. But, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was, when we meet monsters on a planet, does the anime feel cast an enchantment? Oh. Okay, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) You won. You won this one. I did. For sure. Mine was so good. Uh, (laughs) 
real quick, we got away from this the last couple weeks, Alex. But oh. do you? I, I say we can both do a recommendation since we got away with it. Yeah. Um, away from it. What's your recommendation? You have a quick rec this week. Uh, yeah. So right now, the final episode is actually going up on four sixteen. So the day after we're actually recording this, it's I've been watching Devs on FX, mm. and it's just it. It starts with a the. It's not about hmm. How do I say it without spoiling the whole thing? It <laughs> it's a really interesting movie about series tech companies, the power of tech companies, and murder. And mm. it's super weird. It's really it, it starts out really weird, but it makes complex things make sense. And it's just a, a stellar a stellar series. And Nick Offerman, it's his best role I think I've ever seen him in. It's not my favorite role. Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson's yeah. my favorite role of his. <laughs> but I gotta say, I really recommend people watch Devs, even if the main character is pretty poorly acted. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I'm i gonna go with uh, a Godzilla, I would call it a, t- a loose tie-in here. Oh. And you you said that this was potentially the best red tape film you've ever seen let me throw yeah. another one at you alex it's akira kurosawa's akiru um and it's his collab with takashi shimura who you know and godzilla fans know as professor yamane from gojira um yeah. i don't know if this is kurosawa's best film but it is an awesome film about red tape and bureaucracy and ultimately about getting things done um, in the face of a system that feels like you can get nothing done. So that's my recommendation. It seems like pretty opposite recommendations this week, but I'll take it, Alex. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. Um, So last of all, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod, uh, on Letterboxd, Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. And you can email us feedback uh, about our recommendations, about Shin Godzilla, about our Final Wars episode a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Tell me how right I was still. I get it. Uh, you can email us feedback, mvmpod at gmail.com. Until next week, though. Try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> See you, everyone. This week. This week, we are talking about two things, not Godzilla we're talking about. What are we talking about this week? Animal Crossing? Yeah, sure. And My Hero Academia? Yeah. All right. Animal Crossing. What's your favorite part of Animal Crossing? My favorite part of Animal Crossing is going fishing. Fishing? What's the, your favorite fish you've caught? Uh, pretty much. I'm not very sure. <laughs> Oh, pretty much a large bass. A large, a large bass. Uh-huh. Right now, your That's sister's choking one. in the background. Yeah, yeah. and CG's naked cat. I think she's okay. But uh, next thing, My Hero Academia. Who's your favorite character in My Hero Academia? I already know, guess. I already know. 
I'm asking you to tell the listeners. Okay. Who is I forgot. It? 